Hey guys, here's part two of the Trust But Verify Your Husband episode. I promise we still love each other. Enjoy. If there was a grocery store today that was like, we only accept Bitcoin and they had the best food. What if they had the worst food? They could, but I doubt they would. Why? Because... Bitcoiners are good people. It's not that they're good people. It's that if you're going to build a business where you're only taking Bitcoin in, I would argue that in order for that business to work, you'd have to convince Bitcoiners that it's a place that they want to shop. And if they don't want to shop there because you're selling a bunch of hydrogenated oils and, and seed oils and, you know, factory farm chickens and all this fun stuff. And the other option for your clients is that they don't have or understand Bitcoin, you go out of business. You're listening to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And, and we're, we're the, the Recefis. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap, maybe, but it's a lot of work. If I'm going to do something, may as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience-funded without ads or sponsors. Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. <laughs> See, our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media. And of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin. And the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money. And so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. All right, so is it even worth bringing up the next topic, or is this going to be like a multiple series situation? I mean, bring it up. If we have to, we'll make it into two episodes, but I feel this is good, and we shouldn't stop. (laughs) I think this is like really good insight into our relationship, because when Ian and I want to talk about something, this is how we talk about it within our relationship. And there's really rarely ever resolution. It's just... There's never resolution. I said what I said. Yeah. (laughs) My other beef with it or the, it just still rubs me the wrong way and I you know I think this like might go back to the comment the comments we got from our listeners that was like you know this just seems like less of a debate and more of a just hyping up Bitcoin or whatever because I don't necessarily disagree but I think you're overdoing it and this is Ian's tendency of calling everything fiat and he doesn't really do it much on our podcast but he does it all the time in real life as a way to say like, oh, this is something that only exists because of the fiat system where you have not real money flowing. And so people just do ridiculous things. And this wouldn't happen under Bitcoin. That's what he's saying whenever he points to something and says fiat. No. Well, the second half of that 
I would slightly disagree. The first half for sure. Okay. And I think that's where I really disagree and I roll my eyes internally so you don't see it a lot of times because I still think there will be excess and waste in a Bitcoin system. I think people, human beings, some of them are going to be incredibly wealthy. And even if they have, you know, let's say they have 100 Bitcoin. Let's say today you have a bit, have 100 Bitcoin. Who knows what that's worth in 20 years? Is that person going to be pinching Satoshis? No, they're going to make, make it rain everywhere they go. Maybe. I think so. I think but that's you, human but you nature. But you don't know that. We don't know that. But when you say, oh, that's fiat, I'm like, I think that's humanity. Right. So I even think when people don't have a lot of money, they spend it on sometimes ridiculous things because it makes them feel like, all right, well, I don't have a lot of money, but I can kind of like spend it on this, what feels like a luxury, even though I should be spending it on something else. There's actually a ton of research that people in poverty do that with their money. So I think like, I don't, I can't like off the top of my head, I can't think of an example, but oftentimes I'm like, Ian, look at this ridiculous thing. And you'll go, that's fiat. And I think a lot of that ridiculousness would still exist in a society with Bitcoin, ruled by Bitcoin or run by Bitcoin. I agree with the first half of that. I I do call a lot of things fiat solely for the purpose of it wouldn't exist if you couldn't just borrow an infinite amount of money. Since you don't have an example, I'll pick an example and maybe it'll it'll jog. I think it was baseball. We like went by a baseball uh field yesterday and you were like that's fiat no one wants to be playing it it's a nice saturday it's hot that's fiat you want to use that example yes okay cool so the the example that mandana is giving is that we we went to costco yesterday and um mandana came up with a a a banger song i came up with a great song i'm gonna interrupt right now and share it we'll we'll put it at the end of the episode you don't even let me say it now you can sing it but we'll put it at the end if you're interested in hearing it we'll have mandana's song (laughs) At the end of the episode, I knew she was going to plug it, which is why I tried to preempt her. But the point is, is that we drove by this baseball field. Um, this We've driven to Costco many times. And there's this like this beautiful school that has like these three or four baseball fields out in front of it. And there was like a bunch of kids playing baseball. It was like maybe 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, that's fiat. Now, I didn't I don't know if I explained it in the moment, but like the reason why I said that that was fiat is because it was organized baseball. I don't know the organization per se, but it's obviously an organized situation that they decided that on on a Saturday at noon, the hottest time of the day, we're going to put a bunch of kids on a field with no shade, dressed with long sleeve shirts and long sleeve and, and pants running around in like 90 degree weather. It's only going to get hotter from here on out. Are they going to move the times of the games? Like... I'm saying it's fiat because there's obviously somebody in that situation that didn't think the whole thing through because they're not affected by the decisions that they're making. That's why I'm saying it's fiat. Because when you see something that just logically doesn't make sense, like who would choose to do that? It's like, well, someone made that decision. And if that someone isn't going to be affected by that decision, a.k.a., the person who put the league together is not going to be standing out there at not at in 90 degree weather wearing a long sleeve shirt and long sleeve pants, right? Like, you don't think so? Like, I think that's an assumption. This is my beef. Like, you yes, say I, things I, with a lot of assumptions. No, I'm pretty certain that those were kids playing baseball, not adults. Right. But the parents had to drive them there. But the parents were sitting there watching them do it. Right. But the non-fiat scenario that I, that I would point to is say, 
We drive by that field all the time. I never see kids playing baseball there. I never see a group of kids wearing not matching uniforms, all getting together and playing baseball of their own volition. Right, because parents need to be there to watch them. Why? Because it's not safe for kids to be out. Kids can't play a game? Babe, we live from around the corner from a circle where there's kids running around by themselves all the time. That's okay. There, There's a parent or two watching them. I mean... That's very different from a field where kids, who knows how far away they live. I mean, I completely disagree with you here. Kids should be supervised. Kids were not necessarily always supervised when they were when we were kids. And a lot of bad things happened because of that. But I believe kids should be supervised when they're playing outside next to a long, like a big street. In, the, in Washington, D.C. Call me crazy. I think that kids playing baseball on a baseball field on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> it's fiat. No, like if, if that's what the kids want to do, sure. But if you were, imagine, okay, what is it? Nine people on a baseball team? Nine, yeah. So to, so to have a game, you need at least 18 kids to have a full game of baseball. But when I was a kid, we never had 18 people. So you need like 10 tops and everyone's just running around. Yeah. Covering the whole field. the base, pitcher, catcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But the point is, is that like, there's no freaking way we would go out there at noon and do that. I never played a sport in that weather. Outside. I don't disagree with that. Like, but That's my point, is that those kids did not decide to play baseball at noon. But I disagree. On a 90 degree day. That's because of the fiat system. It is, because... We could go research that particular baseball league. I mean, I know how most of these things work because I'm a boy who played sports. I don't know if you ever played organized sports. I was actually on a softball team in middle school. Great. So it was my school's team. So it's kind of not the same thing, right? Okay. It was after school. Right. So my point is, is that these organized leagues, parents have to pay money into it. They're literally paying someone to organize it for them. Mm -hmm. It's not the parents. The parents are not organizing this league. It is some other person who may have a kid in the system is deciding where the kids play, when they play, and for how long they play. Like, that's what you're paying for when you pay into those leagues. Now, parents who want their kids to play baseball are going to find a league that they can put their kids into for whatever reason. If if you like baseball, you like baseball. My point is that it's fiat because the person who sat down and said, this is what we're going to do, putting kids in like fully closed in 90 degree weather. Like I was in the Air Force. They wouldn't let us exercise in that type of weather. The Air Force would not let us. I don't disagree with any of that. I just go back to, but that's this is just one example, but you say that's fiat about a lot of stuff, and I think often it's reaching. So, um, it's funny because yesterday, this guy, uh, and yesterday, like, I, well, I guess it was between when we started this conversation in the kitchen and today, um, this guy tweeted this, it is what I think fiat is in a very succinct way. If it's inefficient, wasteful, and frustrating, then it must be fiat-based. And I think most of the time when I say that's fiat, it's one of those three things. I would say at least 70% of the time, but 30% of the time I'm like, mm. yeah, because, because I think humans are just wasteful sometimes right. and inefficient. And this is, this is one of the things that when comparing Bitcoin to fiat, people tend to only compare the like first order effects of things. But what people very rarely will compare, which I think the Bitcoiners do a better job of comparing their system to fiat, what are the second order effects of living in a fiat system, right? Like, I think that's where 
a lot of the things that you probably, this other 30% that you're talking about, I'm probably calling out the second order effect of the fiat system, not the obvious first order effect. (sighs) What's wrong, babe? I don't know. I guess I'm worried I'm not saving enough money in Bitcoin. Aren't we all? You don't seem worried. Like with most things, you just got to set a goal and work towards it. But even with a goal, the price of Bitcoin changes so much, it's hard to keep track. I understand. That's why I created the Satoshi Savings Calculator. And how can that help? First, you decide how much Bitcoin you want to acquire. One Bitcoin. Great. Then you got to decide how much time you want to give yourself to acquire that Bitcoin. Before the next halving, duh. That's also great because the calculator only lets you pick halving dates. Anything else I need to enter? Just how often you want to buy and which currency you want to use. Oh, so rather than buying it all at once? To loosely quote Desmond Tutu, if you want to save a whole Bitcoin, you got to do it like you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. That's gross, Ian. But true. Focus, babe. Where can I find this calculator? The pod's website, flirtingwithbitcoin.com. Wait, you haven't been to the website yet? Um, Let's get back to the show. Thank you so much for the info, babe. So another big thing that I think is very interesting about the Bitcoin community, they're very quick to call out scams of all kinds. And then it's like a trust but verify. So you see a lot of people doing deep dives on these things. Seed oils, right? We've talked about this a little bit, not on the show per se, but seed oils is like a very big topic, at least on Bitcoin Twitter. But it's also like things that I've seen multiple Bitcoiners write about when they talk about food, right? So first order effect is I can create a company I have a friend who can loan me some money. I can create a company that sells you food and Bitcoiners start up their own company using their own Bitcoin. Let's just say, right Um, now this company that can borrow, let's just call it infinite amount of money. They can continually stay alive, even though the product that they're selling is not making money or is failing. But what they're doing while they're staying alive, that they're putting more and more non-food things into your food and then massaging the system to say, well, technically that's food. One of the things that I've kind of like say realized, but like I knew that like certain things in food, like high fructose corn syrup was the one that I like was like on, let's just say like 10 years ago, I like try to cut it completely out of my diet. There's a lot of arguments back and forth about that too. About what? High fructose corn syrup, whether or not it's bad for you. Sure, sure, sure. The thing that I learned about seed oils that made me go, well, even a, just a rational thinking person would say, like, I should take a second look at this, is that basically seed oil used to be used for, like, greasing machinery. Okay. Then one day it just showed up in our food. Now, why did it show up in our food? Did anyone ask for that to be put in our food? No one said, hey, man, I really need this uh, castor motor oil sure. in my potato chips. But why does that have to do with fiat versus Bitcoin? Because as the money is losing value, the company looks for more and more ways to cut costs. And eventually they lead to putting things in our food just so that they can stay as close to profitable as possible, even though they're still borrowing all this money to stay alive. And so the second order effect of fiat is that first it keeps a bunch of companies alive that probably should have died, but because they stayed alive, well, they were companies that were failing because they were run by people who don't know what they're doing, and people who don't know what they're doing started putting crap in our food that they then were allowed to sell. That's it's a second. Funny that you say that because I, as you're saying this, I wanted to check, but there's seed oil and gummy bears. Yes, and you've been just munching on a giant bag of gummy bears all week. I'm aware that it's there now. Okay. 
I'm aware that there's this thing in food that's being put there that used to be for greasing machinery. Now, if you go out to the farmer's market, you're probably going to get a high percentage of people that know what seed oils are. If you go into Safeway, you're probably not. Maybe, but all seed oils are bad. Like, I don't know if that's true. So this is my point is that I saw someone say this and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then I went and looked. Yes. I went actually did like that's like I found more information. But I specifically remember years ago, I was like, Ian, I'm taking these out of our pantry. This is what we're going to eat from now on. And you were like, whatever. And then years later, you were like, did you know that we shouldn't get stuff that has this ingredient in it? And I was like, I know it's. And then remember, you walked around Costco. You were trying to find a bag of chips that didn't have that kind. And then you were like, oh, the only kind is the kind that you already get. Yes, that happened. So it's like you, uh, your curiosity is sparked with the credibility of Bitcoiners when they present these things to you. But other people are also curious about these things and understand that the food industry is incredibly like disgusting in terms of like the non-food ingredients or just the unnecessary ingredients that they're adding to food so that it has a higher shelf life. It's cheaper to produce all of those things. Mm-hmm. That's like a very commonly known thing for decades now mm-hmm. that a lot of people have been screaming about. Mm-hmm. But even when it was something that I approached you about, you you ignored. And you still eat those types of foods. The point I'm making here is that it's the awareness. And I would argue that the fiat system is not designed to make you aware of those type of things. It's, a, it's designed to make you not question those things. You're living in a world where everything's getting more expensive. Oh, that thing is cheap. Eh, it's probably not great. But they wouldn't sell it to me if it would kill me. I mean, if you still think that, then but but here's but here's my point: is that so? The reason why people say that is because there's a government agency called the Food and Drug Administration that is supposed to stop those things from happening, and they don't. Why don't they? That would be the third order effect. Ask the question: Why the FDA does not prevent? these things from making it into our food. You do a little more research, then you end up at the fourth order effect, which is... Whenever FDA wants to ban something, libertarians lose their minds. And aren't a lot of Bitcoiners libertarians? I mean, I think this is is a difficult... Look, I think the FDA is incredibly politicized. I think it is very corrupt, all of those things. But I think this goes to like what you were mentioning before, which is like if you're not curious about food... Or if you don't believe, there are a lot of people that don't believe there's a correlation uh, or causation between eating healthy, like in quotation marks, and being healthy. They're mm-hmm. like, I don't think that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no getting to those people. Calories are calories. I mean, I can't, I can't even make sense of that. But I've been very knowledgeable about all of these things. And I think a, a lot of people from other countries are. The, the American system is very different than I think other countries Granted, I've been in America a long time. My perspective or perception of what other countries are is like what they were in the 80s and 90s, right? As I was immigrating to America. I'm sure there's a bunch of crap in those countries now too. But I think it's a very American thing to be lazy about what you're eating and wanting a quick meal. Like a quick meal is only a thing in America. You spend all your day cooking and eating in other countries, you take a break during lunch and you leave work to go eat. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't do that in America. Um, so 
I think this is more American than it is fiat. Because America is the leader of the fiat sure, system. Sure. Like America exports the fiat sure, system, sure. right? I don't dis- I don't disagree with that, but but, but the the the, the main point that I'm driving here, maybe food was not the best example, but it was the one that came to mind. Because <laughs> the food is one that I'm incredibly knowledgeable about. And I think I'm more knowledgeable about in terms of nutrition, nutrients, like cooking with whole foods, those types of things than you are. But you don't give any credibility to the knowledge that I bring in those topics unless the Bitcoiners have said something about it. And then you're like, did you know this? And I'm like, yes, I knew that. I told you that. And you still keep buying those things. The, the, the main point that I'm trying to, to drive home here is that I was using the food industry to, to work to this point. You are up on eating healthy and, and whole foods and all that fun stuff. Not whole foods, the company, but whole, whole foods. And the people who produce that stuff, I believe there's going to come a day, and I've said this on the podcast, where... Farmers are not going to sell their food for money that can be printed out of thin air. In that world where farmers or or the majority of farmers, or at least the farmers that are producing not fake food and pasture-raised chickens and grass-fed cows, the food that you want to eat, right? In a world where those are also Bitcoiners, it's not going to get rid of the fiat food. But what will happen is that those real things are inputs into those fake things. Right. If you think about the economy as a whole and seed oils, they're just a derivative of something that actually grew. Mm-hmm. Right. So if the farmer says, I won't sell this to you for anything other than Bitcoin, I don't care what you're going to do with it. It slowly starts to repair all of those things from a first principles approach. Right now, what happens is that the United States or just whoever prints money doesn't necessarily have to be the United States, but the money printers, they print all this money. And they go buy all the resources. And so they buy all the beef and all the chicken and all the eggs. And, and they pay people salaries to do ridiculous things. And they go buy food and eggs and all that fun stuff, right? And so there's all this printed money sloshing around without anyone being able to say, like, I will not give you X for that fake money. It all keeps working. Where we are today, specifically with our food, but with a lot of other things, as we're seeing now, all these businesses are just failing because they were all just surviving on borrowed money. It's not going to get fixed from the top down. They're never going to stop printing money. It's going to have to be that people at the bottom stop accepting the printed money. When we talk about things like fiat food or fiat schools that we talked about before or insert whatever else that I've called fiat, it really relies on the fact that people at the bottom who are actually the consumers that are spending their money into the economy, if those people become Bitcoiners and refuse to part with their Bitcoin for something that they know is fiat, Right. Like if someone just if there was a grocery store today that was like, we only accept Bitcoin and they had the best food. What if they had the worst food? They could, but I doubt they would. Why? Because Bitcoiners are good people. It's not that they're good people. It's that if you're going to build a business where you're only taking Bitcoin in, I would argue that in order for that business to work, you'd have to convince Bitcoiners that it's a place that they want to shop. And if they don't want to shop there because you're selling a bunch of hydrogenated oils and and seed oils and, you know, factory farm chickens and all this fun stuff. And the other option for your clients is that they don't have or understand Bitcoin, you go out of business. So like on a Bitcoin standard, more things would go out of business that just don't make sense. And on a fiat standard, 
Like I saw the other day, some large department store company is being projected as not making it out of this year. It's a name that you've heard at, heard and probably have shopped at. They won't exist by the end of this year. That's like people are predicting it. The puts on this stock have like just gone through the roof. Obviously, some information's leaked, and it's just a matter of time before they declare bankruptcy, right? All right. Okay. The reason why they're declaring bankruptcy is not because their business failed during COVID. It's that the cost of borrowing money has gone up. When they could borrow money at 0%, they could drag it out. But now that it's costing more money to borrow money, they're like, well, this makes zero sense. Okay, close up shop. Well, the next thing after money being expensive to borrow is that they just stop printing it, right? Like that's the only other option after that. They'll keep jacking the interest rates and somebody will still be able to run a business even if they have to borrow money at 20%, but not everybody. None of these like food delivery services, they'll all go out of business. Has Uber even made a dollar in its like 15 years of existence? How did Uber survive all of this? Mm-hmm. Borrowed printed money, Yep. right? So like, but what Uber did do is destroy the cab industry and put a bunch of cabbies out of business. They managed to do that without making a dollar. They managed to do that without making a dollar. However, all of their senior executives who've been granted stock options have become millionaires. How do you become a millionaire working at a company mm-hmm. that hasn't made any money? Then they take that money that they made, go pretend like they're really good at running businesses and start other failing businesses and get more stock, right? Like uh, You're preaching the choir. I agree with all of this. So, so like for me, the alternative to that and whatever work and time and effort, what whatever you want to call it, that it takes to learn about that new system, we have to stop that other system. We have to. Because if we don't, it's worse for all of us, whether you're a Bitcoiner or not. I I do not disagree with any of that. So, okay. so But so to say that like this is hard, it's like the other version is actually a lot harder. You just don't see it. But that's not what we're talking about here. We were talking about in this segment, because we closed up that conversation, is that you point to a lot of things and call them fiat, which I think is reaching. I understand what you're saying, but... We live in a fiat system. You can almost call everything fiat. My added complaint (laughs) to that was that you seem to only care about something that I think is a problem once Bitcoiners tell you it's a problem. With this theory that everything that's inefficient, that quote that you said, anything that is wasteful and efficient... The third frustrating thing. frustrating um is a pr- product of fiat when i come and present to you and say hey this is not good for us or this is not good for you or this isn't good take it as pretend a bitcoiner saying it to you so you give it some credibility before like you need to hear it from someone on twitter or a group of people on twitter for it to like pique your interest because i really have experienced that very often with you where I've told you something and you're like, whatever. And then years later, you're like, did you know this is so bad for us? If you need to make that point. Um, is the point made? The point is made. Woohoo! Right? I get the last word on this one. Episode is going well, yeah? I think so. Wish I had the time to make some clips to promote it. Yeah, but you don't. That's why we pay our listeners to do that. Mm, how does that work again? When someone makes a clip on Felon, we send them some sets. But give me the fine print, baby. It's 250 for the current episode and 100 for the older ones. And also if they tweet it out, right? They gotta use the hashtag flirting with Bitcoin clips and post it on Noster for me to see it. Then I'll zap those same amounts. That's pretty generous, babe. Our listeners are pretty generous with their time making the clips. Well, isn't this just a lucrative love fest for us all? More like it pays to listen to the flirting with Bitcoin Bitcoin podcast.
Um, babe, I feel like I need a cigarette after all that. I guess. A I don't candy know. cigarette. I'm not, I don't smoke cigarettes. It's got seed oils in it. Cigarettes do? Of course they do. Oh, candy cigarettes do. <laughs> I was like, do they? I've, I feel like at one point I read no, the ingredients. No, cigarettes, cigarettes have fiberglass. And arsenic and yeah. all this other stuff. I was like, but seed oils? They stuck that in this whole time? I would not we be surprised. We didn't know about it? Would not all be right, surprised. So can I sing my Costco song? If you can remember the lyrics to it, sure. Right, I'm gonna okay, some of it's gonna be freestyle, but the chorus I remember. Okay. Oh yeah. We got a babysitter. It's Saturday afternoon. Sun's out. Driving in Washington, DC, 80 degrees. Where we going? We gonna get Pella Green No. Buy the case at Costco. Pella Green No. Buy the case at Costco. That's literally it. Um, Ian loves Pellegrino and he hates Costco, but once a month or so, he, <laughs> he wants us to go to Costco and it's like what he dreads and he like emotionally prepares for it. And that was me trying to <laughs> get him in the zone before, uh, before we got there. Did it work? Sure. I, I just really hate Costco. You really? But that was good. It was good, right? And I kept saying, why have we never thought of this before? Pella uh, Green, no. Buy the case at Costco. And he gets four cases of it because we're not big alcohol drinkers. And it's like, I don't know, a dollar something in a bottle when you get it from Costco by the case. And so it's like this lovely luxury that we have where I don't know how many bottles do you drink a day? Like three? One or two now. Two now because we just got them, so you're yeah. gonna enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> but he's all about them natural mil- minerals. Yeah, real water drinkers know. Water is one of those rabbit holes I went down. Gotta get mineral water. Can't drink tap water. Can't drink Brita filtered water. You probably want mineral water, and Pellegrino has the highest mineral TDS total dissolved solids of like any mineral water out there. So. Yeah, mineral sun glass bottle, not plastic. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I you don't trying, want and you don't want it in a plastic bottle either. I kept trying to come up with different verses that did not work. I'm still really pleased with my uh, chorus, but yeah, that's a little glimpse into um, how Ian and I spend our spare time now. When we get someone to watch Keon, we are like, okay, let's go to Costco. <laughs> we also got uh, a lot of Whole Foods, right? Really healthy uh, loot. Single ingredient foods. Yeah. yeah. And then we came home and we were like, wow, what an adventurous Saturday we had. This is our life now. A year ago, what were we doing on a Saturday? Sunny Saturday. We weren't going to Costco. We weren't going to Costco. But yeah, babe, this was a fun episode. I haven't argued with you in a minute. I feel like we haven't had time to like argue about anything because Kian takes up all of our energy and we're pretty happy, right? <laughs> there was a point that I wanted to make that I didn't get to. Um, we could talk about it later, maybe another episode when we're arguing again. But the biggest part about this episode is like, I hear what you're saying when you say that like, this isn't easy and there's a lot to understand. And our securing the bag episode was a pretty good testament to like the level of a level of detail that you can get into when it comes to, to Bitcoin, just with like securing your Bitcoin, forget about spending it. Like that's like a whole other conversation, right? But I still believe that for however difficult it is to understand all of this, the payoff is worth more than a college degree. Like the payoff is worth more than a lot of things that we spend our time on. And that's really the point that I'm trying to drive home, not just with you, but like when I'm trying to explain Bitcoin to people, it's like somebody comes up to me and says, who do I think is going to win the NBA championship? I don't care. 
but I'm forced to have that conversation because if I don't have that conversation, I just don't have anybody to talk to. But like people care about sports and I'm just like, I mean, yeah, when I was like 18, I cared. And when I was 28, maybe I cared, but 38, 40, well, I care about it at 48. Like when do we, when are we supposed to stop caring? And you know, I have some uncles in my family, like they love their sports. And my dad told me that, like, I guess one of my uncles listened to our podcast and like, he just like started acting differently. I don't know why we'll, we'll see him in a couple of weeks and maybe I'll interrogate him a little bit about that. But like, hope he's still listening. He probably is. But I just really think that the payoff is more than money. I think the payoff is that if you go down, if you're only going to go down one rabbit hole in your life, if you're only going to go into, let's just call Bitcoin a conspiracy theory, and you're only going to go into one conspiracy theory in your entire life, the payoff to understanding what Bitcoin is, is priceless. Because it not only will you protect yourself from a like monetary, fiscal, whatever you want to call it, perspective, but you will also protect yourself from all of the ridiculousness that is baked into our existing system that fundamentally, we're not going to be able to change in any meaningful way unless we all change our behaviors in unison. But as long as there's at least 10 million people who want to watch the NBA finals every year, we're going to keep having NBA finals. It's that simple. And I don't even think everyone watching them wants to watch them. They just don't have anything else to do. I know. Nobody really likes to watch the Super Bowl. Nope. I don't even know who won. Rihanna. But that happened like three months ago. I know. That's all I remember. Rihanna and there was one joke on SNL about Rihanna at the Super Bowl that was really, really good. So that was like SNL won the Super Bowl also. (laughs) (laughs) But like. All right. Well, babe, I mean, look, you've convinced me. I listen to you and I'm learning about Bitcoin. I'm flirting with it. All that fun stuff. But let's, you know, let's give the rest of the people some grace. They'll get there. Unfortunately, um, the fiat system is not going to give you grace. I know, like, our show is pretty lighthearted, but fiat system is robbing you on a daily basis. And until you get tired of being robbed, you're going to keep getting robbed. It's that simple. Me, personally, I'm tired of being robbed. We're just, I'm just waiting for everyone else to join. That that level of, like, I'm tired of this. And if, it, if I get called a curmudgeon or Bitcoin Maxi or, like... What was the other one? Iceman? Yeah, someone called me the Iceman. He loved that one. He loved that one. It's funny because it's true. Like, I heard my, I hear myself when I do it. Partially, it's because of the way I edit. But also, sometimes, it's like, I was in the middle of saying something. I'm going to finish what I'm saying. It doesn't matter which, what names you call me or whatever. It doesn't bother me. Talk to me in four years. Talk to me in eight years. Oh, I'll talk to you, baby. Talk to me when I've escaped this system and don't have to care about it at all. Well, I thought I could maybe like give you a new nickname, but I think Iceman's sticking. I mean... Ian the Iceman. That makes you more than a maverick. I assume that's a Top Gun reference, but again, I've told you I've never seen the movie. Is it a compliment? Yes. Maverick is the the protagonist of the piece. Uh, so I'm a hero? <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, thank
Thanks for listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to Fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first sats, which are fractions of the Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.